Welcome to another episode of The One Man Ride. I'm your host, as always, Michael Ward. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. Um, uh, April 28th, I think, was the last time I did one, and it was with Lee Corrigan. And we talked about uh, Under Armour, uh, which just happened, uh, the trials for this past weekend. We'll talk to that, talk about that in a bit. Uh, and we also talked about some mental health issues that were affecting our kids. Uh, we'll get to that as well. Um, but sort of just want to recap what we've missed since I've last been on there, namely the Midwest High School Championships. Um, by the way, that was Smashing Pumpkins, Muzzle, uh, Chicago Band. Uh, I'm a Chicagoan, lifelong Chicagoan, 47 years, grow, born on the south side, moved to the north side, then lived downtown. I've always lived in the city of Chicago. Uh, I will always consider myself a Chicagoan. And um, when you go home, and I've gone home to go to watch these games in Illinois, you get a little nostalgia. You get a little, you get a little hit of it and you know, it makes you think about life and it makes you think about things as you get older. I'm older. I'm 52 years old. And uh, you just miss it. It's not the same city as when I left. Um, but it's still, that's that's what I am. I'm a Chicagoan. Smashing Pumpkins is one of the bands that I always loved. Actually, when I was in high school, Billy Corrigan, we were sort of hung around at the same area. We were not friends. We were, this, the, his group and my group sort of, Sometimes didn't get along, um, but which is weird because all of a sudden later you're like, hey, that's the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Anyway, I digress. Um, so as I came downstairs where I do my podcast and I'm sitting in my basement and it's a mess, as you can hear my paper shuffling, um, I, uh, all my notes from, from the last three years are scattered everywhere. Uh, I was looking at rosters from from teams from 2019. Uh, and then last year, looking at rosters from last year, and what a, I just keep going back to it and saying, what a shame. What a shame that was what happened last year. And I think it changed the landscape of Midwest lacrosse. Uh, I think it probably changed the, the landscape of lacrosse and, and every other sport, but, you know, I'm talking lacrosse. And I saw it this year. I saw... I saw not as sharp. I saw teams that weren't as sharp as they normally are. And I'm even going with Culver and teams that Culver played. And I watched almost all of their games. So I watched some top-end teams uh, from out east. I watched St. Anthony's play. I watched Chaminade play. Um, I watched a lot of these teams. And and you could tell it just wasn't as sharp. Um, and I think that was the year off. Oh, I know it was the year off. You could tell. Um, and I hope that everything is going to work out okay this coming year. I don't believe it right now. I think there's going to be another another issue. Uh, I keep seeing too many things, and I thought this the last time I saw it, but we'll see what happens. You just have to adjust. Um, but as I was down here, again, the top of my paper – where what I wrote preseason last year, I did this in February. Um, so I did it in February, uh, February 2nd, and I picked my state champions. 
which is, you know, it was the way too early state champion pick then. Um, but I'll go through it again, and then we can, we can go about who were the state champions this year and, and figure out that. So for Illinois, the preseason state champion I had was Loyola Academy. Uh, Loyola Academy won the state championship. They beat Lake Forest uh, High School 11-8. to eight. Actually, a much closer game than you thought, than I thought. Uh, now, I knew Lake Forest was good. They have some great players. Uh, Connor Armstrong, um, who I've known for years, watched him play. Great kid. Love him. Going on Trinity, I believe. And uh, Richie Hoskins, who I think is their quarterback on their football team. Uh, he's going to play both sports, I think, at the next level. He was a one-man wrecking crew in that championship. Uh, and they had Loyola down. Um, and I don't even want to say it was like a hangover or overlooking them. It was they came out to punch me in the mouth. I know Mark Theregard, coach of Lake Forest. I know Rob Snyder, coach of Loyola. Uh, this was a great game. Lake Forest at no point thought they were the underdog in this game. They thought they could go out and win. That's what you have to do. Uh, Loyola is loaded, absolutely loaded. They have great coaching staff. They have great players. Um, and I think the the difference in the game were three kids for Loyola. I think Klaus Anger at the faceoff, uh, he started just taking over. And when you when you you know when you can do make it take it, you can get back in any game. And I think that made a big move by Klaus. Uh, I think senior Patrick Riley, um, sort of put his you know he did his he did his Richie Hoskins. Uh, both football players, both both lacrosse players, both tough, fast. And I think Patrick sort of gave a spark. Um, uh, to Loyola, and then I think uh, Connor D. Tommaso. I think he had, did he? He might have had six goals or five goals. Again, this is all off the top of my head. I'm just remembering this. I don't have any of the. Um, I just have like a final score. I think Connor had five or six goals. Um, I know that they were probably keying a lot on Wilma Harris, um, who is the number one recruit in the state of Illinois. He's going to Yale. Uh, Connor DiTomaso is a complete stud. He's going to Hobart. I mean, Loyal is low with D1 players. Uh, you can't just pick one and say, I'm going to shut him down because then you're going to get beat <clears throat> every other way. But it was a great game. It was exciting to watch. Um, and, okay, so I picked that. So I'm going to pat myself on the back with that one. All right. So in Indiana, I had HSC to win it in the, in the uh, 2A and Garen Prep to win it or Garen Catholic to win it in 1A. And that was, that happened. HSC beat Carmel 10 to 6. And Garen Catholic beat St. Joe's South Bend. Um, I don't remember that score. I think it was, I forgot it was pretty close. Sorry. Um, maybe a one goal game. I, again, off the top of my head, very close game. I didn't think it would be that close. St. Joe's is a legit, uh, team in, in 1A in Indiana. I would expect this same championship next year. Garen Catholic, St. Joe, South Bend. I'll actually go out in this and say HSC Carmel should be uh, the championship. Again, you can't count out Cathedral, but there's changes, and um, HSC is losing some players, but they still have a loaded nucleus. Carmel has a lot of talent and, and, and it'll, you know, they were young, 
The unfortunate thing is that I think I've heard three kids are leaving or have left, maybe up to five. Uh, then I've also heard that Cathedral might have some kids coming to Cathedral. So that could change everything. I'll just give my early, if, if I, you want to get, okay, I'll just go Loyola. I think we'll win next year in Illinois. This is, I'm making these picks in July. So I think Illinois wins, it, or Loyola wins it in Illinois next year. Oh, God. Uh, uh, if I had to go out of limb, i say Carmel wins it this year. Um, but again, Scott Beasley is the coach for HSE. He's one of those coaches that he adjusts so well. And, and you can never go against him. I think he's been in the state championship the last. So he won it, lost. So 18, they won. 19, they lost. Last year, they didn't have it. And this year, they won. So three of the last four years, they've been in the state championship. I think they were like a club team before that. So Scott Beasley is legit. That team is legit. Those kids are legit. Carmel. Uh, has some young kids that are coming up, and if they play to their potential, they they can win. They, this wasn't a blowout; it was a ten to six game, um, and there were some mistakes by Carmel. Again, let's see what happens with those players that are leaving. Um, that can change everything, but again, that's why these are the early rankings. Uh, Kansas, my pick to win it last February was Shawnee Mission East. Um, my championship with Shawnee Miss East versus Rockhurst Jesuit. Rockhurst Jesuit won it um, by 17 to 6. I mean, it was a strong performance by Rockhurst Jesuit. Um, so I completely blew that one. Um, and now Dan Left, coach of Shawnee Mission East, has stepped down. Um, I don't know what that – I don't know if that's going to – how much that hurts them. It's that's a hard area to pick because you could have one or two players on a team that could dominate and that could change a season. Um, so I'm going to go with Rockhurst to repeat for next year, Kansas, mark that down Rockhurst. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going out on a limb. I'm picking the reigning champions, Kentucky. Uh, I picked St. Xavier or, uh, San Xavier and San X, they won. They beat Trinity 17 to 8. I never ha had, that was my easiest pick. Uh, not to put down Trinity, but just knowing how good San X was, that I've seen them play for the last few years. I've seen the kids on their team play. They were as good as anybody in the Midwest. I know they're South, but I consider them Midwest. They're closer to me right now than Chicago. I would say San X is going to be back next year to win it all. I think they'll be playing Trinity again. I think Trinity is going to be a better team next year. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to take over Sanex, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, again, early picks. Sure. I'm sure people will get upset about my early picks. Um, even though it's July and so much can change. Uh, and then in the CLL in the Kentucky, Henry Clay defeating Lexington Catholic 12 to eight. Uh, those teams seem to be the ones that are good. Lexington Catholic is, is a strong team. So is Henry Clay. Uh, I'm just hoping for the CLL to, to keep, to keep rising um, and, and, and go there. Uh, I, I'll, okay. I'll just talk. I got to give it to Lexington Catholic for next year. I, I, I haven't done enough research, but I'm making picks. So I'll guess I'll give this Michigan brother rice defeated Heartland 14 to nine. My pick in Michigan for D1 was Brother Rice. Now, 
for those that don't know about Michigan, I think Brother Rice, okay, I get this one wrong, 18 out of the last 20 or 19, or they've won the last 16 out of 18 championships. So penciling in Brother Rice to win it all isn't really going out on a limb. Um, uh, I had uh, Catholic Central probably being in the championship with them. I knew Heartland was going to be rough team. Uh, they got Bo Lockwood as a stud. Uh, if you don't know him, just complete stud. But again, it wasn't all Bo Lockwood. I'm just telling the Heartland people. They had a lot of talent on that team. They're still going to have some big talent on that team. Um, off the top of my head, they lost their one attackman. Um, I think he was number seven. Big kid, strong kid. I loved watching him play. I loved watching Heartland play. They were just, they were aggressive. They were fun to watch. Uh, I think it just seemed like maybe the moment, because they, they, they got beat by Brother Rice twice, and I think they steamrolled everyone else. Um, Brother Rice, I will say this, all year, didn't look like the normal brother rice I watched all of for the last few years. Um, they, they seem to lack a, a, a cohesive leader. There was always, there's always been a strong, strong player. Uh, James Donaldson, last time I saw it, just a leader. I mean, just leader, Michael Cosgrove. They didn't seem to have that this year. And it seemed a little, um, uh, didn't seem like the normal brother rice. I thought they were susceptible during the middle of the year as I watched them. And then it seemed like in the second half of this championship game, I don't know what Koshala said at halftime, that they came out and all of a sudden looked like the brother Rice of old. Now, they're losing some players, but again, it's brother Rice. They reload. They don't rebuild. Uh, they lost a player, um, a junior. They lost a very good junior on their team who um, transferred. But I would still pick Brother Rice to win it again next year. Uh, I actually think they will be a better team than they were this year. I don't think that means that there's more talent. I think the, if if they get to play together and, and be the Brother Rice of old where it's a team and it's a team first and move the ball and pass the ball, it seemed a little bit like club ball. And that was sort of shocking to me uh, that that was, that was the case for Brother Rice. Um, Michigan, I had Forest Hill Central. If I had to make this pick again next uh, last week before the championship, I'd still pick Forest Hill Central. I'm still shocked Forest Hill Central lost in the uh, in the in the semifinals to Forest Hill Eastern, Forest Hills Eastern, um, and but again preseason the betting man would have Forest Hill Central versus East Grand Rapids. Uh, I had East Grand Rapids losing to Forest Hill Central. East Grand Rapids won. They won. Uh, they beat Forest Hills East, who beat Forest Hills Central 12 to 10. Now, I'm trying to think what it So, Forest Hills Central are going to lose a couple of players. Great coach, Andy Shira. East Grand Rapids lost their coach in the middle of the year. I don't know if their current coach will stay. I don't. I haven't heard anything. Uh, East Grand Rapids had some stud players too. Here's my pick. My pick is Detroit Country Day. I believe it's Chris Garland's third year. He's got some players on his team. Uh, they lost to uh, EGR in overtime. Um, 
I think this is the year that that Country Day comes back on top. So again, that might be a pick out on a limb, um, but that's the one I'm going to go with. So Brother Rice and uh, Detroit Country Day, Minnesota. I picked Benilde St. Margaret. Day one, Benilde St. Margaret I think is one of the top teams in this in the Midwest. They were loaded with talent. Uh, they defeated Prior Lake, who I think won the last three championships or the last two. You know, the year off throws me. Um, but that was the championship I predicted. I predicted Prior Lake, Benilde St. Margaret's. Um, again, Minnesota's tough because it, it's hard to watch all their games. It's hard to see up there. I have to rely on a lot of people um, and, and watching players and club players or the players when they come to the tryouts and see them. Um, but I do get to watch these games on, on YouTube or on uh, the one of those networks that you pay for. I'm going to, I want to say, I think, I want to say, I think Edina might be one of the teams coming up. I, I can't go against Benilde St. Margaret's right now. I can't. So I'm going with them again. Uh, again, this is July. So we could write these down, see what I think in February, and then we'll see what goes on. Missouri. I picked MICDS. They beat Desmet Jesuit 10 to 6. Um, that's who I picked, MICDS. Again, like Brother Rice, not a really hard pick, I didn't think. Uh, I think they've won the last seven state championships in a row. I think this is it for them. Um, uh, I think the schools in Missouri are getting better. I think I'm going to give it to Desmet Jesuit next year. Um, Again, I could be wrong. You know, Andy Kay gets his guys playing. He'll probably tell me I'm right by picking another team. He, I think he likes to do the, oh, we're not as good. We're not as good. Um, but does Matt Jesuit beat them this year? Uh, Chaminade's another good team. They got good. The teams are getting better there, everywhere here. I mean, you see all these kids now on these uh, travel teams, and you're like, oh, these, a kid from Missouri, a, a kid from Kansas City. They have talent. It's, it's not just in the big four states or the big three states or, or however you want to do it. So it's going to get harder and harder and better and better, and that's better for the whole region as a whole. Ohio and D1. I picked Dublin Jerome to win the championship. People thought I was crazy for picking Dublin Jerome. Some people didn't have Dublin Jerome in their top five. Some people didn't have D Dublin Jerome ranked preseason. Now, I will say this. I saw Dublin Jerome play a few times two years ago, and I said they were going to challenge for the title last year in 2020. I thought they would have gotten to the championship. My pick for 2020 was St. Ignatius, um, Connor Camille and Michael Bame. I mean, just talent. Uh, I mean, studs. You see them now. Uh, but I knew Dublin Jerome, great defense, great offense, Connor Barco. Uh, um, just stud players. Andy Asmo, another their coach. I think he's going to have. I, I think he could change the talent, but with his system and his style of play, if his kids buy in, they're going to be in it every year from going forward. I think watching uh, Andy Asmo and Scott Beasley, these are two of the up and coming coaches in the Midwest. Uh, I think there's always. You know, some coaches who have big name, big name uh, recognition uh, off the top of my head, I, I say Nate Sprong, who 
Ohio people know. Um, uh, Rob Snyder from Loyal Academy, uh, Paul Corto. Uh, I mean, these are big uh, Ajay Chawla. I mean, these are these are guys who have names. I think I think uh, Scott Beasley and um, Andy Asmo are two of these guys. I think it's funny as I said to Coach Asmo, I said. Coach Beasley is going to play you. HSE played uh, Dublin uh, Jerome. And I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm probably going to see some of Dublin Jerome's plays from HSE because Scott Beasley doesn't go to a place where he doesn't learn. Uh, that's great to see. That's great to see coaches like that who are, who are innovators. Um, Dublin Jerome beat Upper Arlington 12 to 11 on a Carter Barco last, was it overtime? I got all the games are starting. I think it was overtime. Just, I mean, an unbelievable shot. I, I, I mean, if you go back and look at that shot, screenshot, low sidearm, low, uh, uh, low side, um, great shot. Um, but let me tell you something. Dublin Jerome beat San Ignatius 14 to 13 to get there in overtime. And then they won by one. Those are Dublin Jerome coming out at the end and just and just getting it done. That, again, I put that up to coaching. And those kids, they all played together. They are – that was a cohesive team. They loved each other. Now, they lose some talent. But, again, like I said, that coaching staff uh, is going to have them ready. Upper Arlington, if you're in Ohio, you know Upper Arlington. That is a tradition. That is a blue blood program powerhouse. It's almost a contrast to styles. They're more of a slow it down traditional style of uh, lacrosse at Upper Arlington, as opposed to Dublin Jerome is a, is a new style. Uh, they have a pole on offense. They're running gun. It's nonstop. So it was like a, a old school versus new school, and it could have gone either way. I mean, Upper Arlington's always going to be there. Here's my pick for next year. Oh, this is tough. So Dublin Jerome beat St. Nations to get there. Upper Arlington beat St. X to get there. My call for the D1 state championship next year right now is San Ignatius plays San X. Um, I'm going to give it to San X. I just said Nate Sprong. Uh, Coach Weinacher is no slouch either, and they've got some studs. I, just right now, I'm going to go San X. I don't think you're keeping them out of the championship for for two years in a row, or and I, I think uh, Coach Sprong will have them ready. Um, so, but again, I think Drew Weinacher might be the best player in the state of Ohio uh, next year or the biggest scoring machine in Ohio. So, again, that's why I put them in there. I think that final four might be the exact same. I think it could be Dublin, Jerome, Upper Arlington, St. X, St. Ignatius. I'm going to flip it this year and say the two non-Columbus teams will be in it. Columbus people will probably get all upset with me. Again, we'll see you next year. Uh, and D2, I picked – who did I pick in D2? I know I didn't pick the winner. I picked Indian Hill. Um, I picked Indian Hill because I thought there might just be a change after this year. I thought that there would be an opportunity to beat Marymount or Chagrin because those are the two teams that you always need to beat. I actually thought the championship would be Rocky River versus Indian Hill. I was wrong. Um, you don't bet against Marymount. You don't bet against Chagrin. That being said, I got to go with Mary. I'm going to go with Marymount again. I can't. I can't do it. Right now, I got to go with Marymount. I don't know how deep the teams are right now. That's the, the D2 teams of, in, uh, of the D2 teams of Ohio and uh, Michigan are the two hardest for me to, to get. 
because they could change so much. Um, but again, I will, we'll see. I'm picking Maramont. I got to write these down too. I'll, I'll listen to this, write this down so I can have my July 7th next year picks. Um, Pennsylvania, the Western Pennsylvania, I really didn't get to see. Uh, I, I mean, I got to watch a couple, you know, I got video sent to me. All I saw, I saw Kiskey Prep play. I saw Mars Hill play. I thought Mars Hill looked great. I think they lost in the 2A championship to uh, Allentown Central. Um, I think that might be one of the farthest they've gone. Pennsylvania is so weird because, you know, all of a sudden you got Philly and you got these stud teams. And then it, I, I think the I think the western part of the state gets overlooked. And I know in some publications they have Western PA as a Midwest team. It's just sort of strange. I can't really get there. It's a hike. Um, and to get there, that means I would drive through Ohio and about 25 different Jeez, about 30 different teams that I can stop through on that drive. Hopefully um, that tournament, the ML, MC, MSCLA or whatever it is, gets the uh, Pennsylvania teams back in it next year. I hope that's to see what's going on there. Again, I've heard rumors about that, that it might not be the same. It might be getting changed. Again, rumors are rumors. But again, I'm sure when I put this out, I will get some people reaching out and letting me know. Uh, Wisconsin. Is that my last one? Yes. Wisconsin, I had Kettle Moraine. They were the defending champs. Um, I had them pick for 2020. So not being able to see as much depth there, uh, I picked them again. They didn't make the state championship. They lost to Hudson in the semifinals. Uh, Wanaki. Uh, won 12 to seven, the state championship. Now I will tell you something about Wanaki. I've had parents calling me from there, um, telling me that keep an eye on them, keep an eye on them, that they are legit. And and that started last year. That started last year saying, we're going to make some noise. We're going to be the team. They went 20 and 0. So Wanaki, congratulations. Congratulations. You guys having faith in yourself. Um, and, and, and knowing that, because I think if you asked anyone, Kettle Moraine would have been the, the choice. Um, so I'm going to give Wanaki the pick for as of right now for next year. Uh, I mean, I might be completely off, but you go 20 and 20 and zero. Uh, you're doing something right there. So I'm going to get Wanaki is, is my uh, pick for Wisconsin. So there was my very, very, very early, early picks. Uh, I have to write those down. I forgot to write them down. I was just doing that right off the, looking at a list of my uh, preseason state champion list. So I don't think I did that bad. I, um, okay. I got Illinois, right. I got Indiana, right. Uh, lost Kansas. One can got Kentucky, right. Got half of Michigan, right. Lost in D two. One got Minnesota, right. Got Missouri, right. Got Ohio D one, right. Indian Hill two. Um, that was wrong. So the D twos, like I said, got me. And Wisconsin got me. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, I I like my picks. I don't think it's as hard as it should be. I think as the as the years go on, as I'm seeing teams getting better, York, York High School in Illinois looks great. Uh, I love what they're doing there. I love their logo. I love everything about York. I have a 
their big upside. It's going to be hard to beat the new Triers and the Loyolas because there's just such a culture and such a um, uh, depth of talent in the in that region, in that area. Um, but I think York is doing great things. I think St. Viator's, you know, I think they're in the conversation now. When you say, I mean, they might have not, not have had their, their best year, uh, but they're in the conversation. Uh, Lake Forest, they got the same talent. Uh, they might just be missing just a little. Uh, but they, again, they, they had all the confidence in the world that they were going to win that game. So Illinois is going to get harder and harder. Uh, I think uh, Indiana still is a three team race, maybe four. Um, it's Coach Bursner's second year at Culver. Uh, there's a lot of kids going there, a lot of transfers going there. I don't know if all those transfers could be on the prep team. I don't know how many he's going to hold. Um, and if he doesn't, or if he changes like the setup and says, okay, some of you got to go play on the high school and the varsity team, well, all of a sudden, You've got Culver talented kids who are just maybe a little a year or two off in in in, in maturity. They still have that talent. All of a sudden, it's a four person uh, race in Indiana. Hopefully, the Center Groves, uh, the Zionsville with a new with an open coaching position. I don't know what happened there, but Zionsville was always good. I I think the year off really hurt Indiana, and I'm hoping that. This year we start getting we get it pulled back. Indiana was on an upswing. This year really hurt Indiana. Probably one of the maybe the most. Um, hopefully that's a, a, a change for the better. Um, so, and Ohio's stacked. Michigan's stacked. Um, the only problem with Michigan, well, here. Uh, so I'm just looking at the future of high school lacrosse right now and so one thing that i'm seeing a lot of is kids are leaving their schools um uh they're going to i mean i just ran into i just ran into a bunch of kids at the under armor tryout and i think eight were leaving their high schools and going to uh western reserve or culver um then there's already been kids who uh, who go like Jack Syrick, uh goes to Calvert Hall. He's a Michigan kid. I have no problem with it. No, no problem at all. Especially, and 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 I know this is something where where people balk and say, "Why would you do that? Why would you do that?" Well, in Michigan, you, you had no idea what was going to happen last year. You didn't know if. You didn't know if you were going to be able to play or not. It got changed around so much. And if you've got a young kid and you're in a school in Michigan and you might not be getting seen as much because of where you are, although Michigan does put a lot of kids in D1 um, or D2 or D3 for that matter. And I, I don't fault any parent for doing any of that for their kid. I don't. Um I think when you put a kid on Culver and I think Western Reserve and I think uh, – Wheaton Academy is going to start taking PGs this year. I think uh, with the with the way college lacrosse is right now, and there's such a backup of fifth year kids and kids coming back and the transfer portal, and uh, I think there's a logjam of two years. I think uh, I don't think it'll really be straight if everything goes right now till probably the class of two thousand four. 
So if it's in your best interest and you could afford this and you think this is worth it for your child and your child is willing to do it, I don't have a problem with it. But it will change the landscape. Um, I Like I said, I, um, you know, I don't, I just mentioned Jack Cyrick's name because I knew Jack went to uh, Calvert Hall last year. Um, and so I knew that. And that's, so that's nothing new. Uh, but like, I don't know if this is official yet, so I probably shouldn't say their names. There are some big name players that are going, that are leaving these schools, which completely changes the whole landscape. Even me knowing the kids who are leaving or a majority of them leaving and probably more to come, it might change those championship names. Like I said, Culver, I've heard, or Carmel, I've heard, let's see, I've heard three kids leaving, maybe up to five. That changes the whole landscape there. Um, so who knows? That was really um, sort of a shock. I, I mean, and sort of a shock from some of the schools some of these kids left. Just, you know, uh, when I talked to their parents and, and, and said, you know, why? Like, you don't need to leave that school. I could understand it. And, and their response was, we didn't know if we'd have a season. There was a lot of issues about the um, state athletic associations. Now, you've heard me complain about this before. Um, they're not perfect. They, uh, I, it's not even worth it. You're, you're dealing with bureaucrats. Again, I've dealt with bureaucrats like, being in politics and and, and lobbying. Um, you have people who don't care about the sport of lacrosse in charge of the sport of lacrosse. They don't understand that it's a unique sport that needs to grow in certain ways that it might need to go across state lines to help it grow. Um, as opposed to staying home, uh, like a team like brother rice, staying home and beating a team 30 to nothing. It doesn't do anything for brother rice and it doesn't do anything for that team. They beat 30 to nothing. Um, but they're not allowed to go play a Culver or a Western reserve or travel a certain amount of distance. What I did see this year was a lot of teams, going on the fly and saying, Hey, we'll meet you halfway there to make them day trips, which I hope continues. And I know it's continuing because I've talked to a lot of coaches in the off season. And I've talked to a lot of um, people who help facilitate these things. And there could be some really, really, really big time games next year. Uh, I'm not going to make any announcements yet because it's not my announcement to make, but I'm very excited that you might see some, giant matchups. Uh, I hope that continues. I hope, I hope there could be something done with the athletic boards and saying, Hey, listen, th this is, this is how it could work. You want this sport to grow. All I keep telling these athletic board people is you should do everything you can to make lacrosse grow because it could be a summer version or a spring version of football. It, all you need to do is look at Ohio. Parents and kids are out there before the game, they're tailgate, they're waiting. It's got a great, it's a great game to watch it's outdoors it's fun it has a football type atmosphere um i think they charge 10 uh, i know this drove a lot of people crazy i think the athletic i think ohio osha or ohio high school athletic association ohsaa i think they charge ten dollars a person to get into the playoffs pretty exorbitant um I don't know where that money went. If it went to the state coffers, if it went to the athletic coffers, if it went back to any of the schools, um, 
I know this. I don't think any student should be getting charged to go watch their team play. So that's I, I don't know what happened there, but they're making money. Ohio's making money on lacrosse. So think about that. Think think about that. I know Michigan had a big issue with where they have their their championship game, Powell Middle School. It's really not like a middle school. I, I think people get the wrong idea. It's quite a place. It's very big. I think it was originally supposed to be a high school. It's quite a stadium. Um, it is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, for me, you know, like I'm like, where did I stay? I had to stay somewhere in Novi the last time I went, which is not close. Um, hopefully. Hopefully that gets moved to, well, I'd love it to be at Ann Arbor. I'd love it to be at, at, at Michigan's lacrosse stadium, which is fantastic. Not to mention there's amenities around there. If you're staying overnight, you could make a, you could make a whole weekend of it. I mean, uh, I, I think there's so much growth that could be done if this is handled correctly. Again, I say this all the time. Um, so I, I, I hope for that. Um, Something that I saw this year, I've seen it for the last few years, and it troubles me, and I know it troubles a lot of people, is All-State picks and All-American honors. Um, Some coaches pick kids on their team over picking the kid who might deserve it more. Some of them are obvious. I'm never going to take away from a kid for getting it. Good for you that you got it. Um... Some things were sort of glaring. Some misses were glaring. Um, like a kid who might have been one of the best in the state, not making it, you know, maybe being a honorable mention. Um, uh, and it's a touchy subject. And, and sometimes I think the issue with the Midwest, and this is an issue I think the Midwest has a lot, is it gets very provincial. It gets very small town where it's, I'm going to protect my own. I'm going to be my own. You don't want any outsiders. I think that hurts the grit, the game because I don't think, I think some places think, oh, we don't need to go and play other schools. We'll find here. And I don't think that helps growth. Um, I also know just from provincial uh, or, or parochial, provincial, how, whatever you want to say that, that they, like, I'm not welcome. Like, I'm an outsider. I mean, I was like an outsider at Indiana schools. I've never had – I think I've maybe had one coach reach out to me or, or two and say, hey, come and watch our game. Hey, what could I do for you? Hey, thanks for talking about our kids. I, I don't think – maybe one or two teams in Indiana have done that. Uh, one of them being Culver. Like, the one school you'd think that doesn't need any of that. Culver, the parents would call me. The coach, i talked to the coach. and. You know, I'd say, I'm going to come and watch. And be like, oh, okay, great. You know, um, I think some of these schools think, I, I don't know personally if they, uh, I don't know why they think I might, I'm an interloper or something. Like I'm not, I'm like persona non grata. Like I've literally heard that they don't want me to come. And I'm like, uh, it sort of shocks me. It sort of questions why I do this. Like, why do I do this? Uh, because I, I do it because I want to be an advocate for the parents and the players. Um, I'm not here to, to, to blow club teams um, or to blow smoke up a high school coach's ass and say, oh, this guy's great. No, I'm here to help parents navigate this world because they might not be uh, as in tune to what it takes as what I've gone through. And I've been involved with this. I've been covering it and watching it and, and involved in it since 1999 um, from Long Island. I don't profess to know everything about everything, but here's what I do know. I know people, 
And I know when I don't know a, an answer to a question, I can reach out to people, very, very smart people with a lot of knowledge in the sport and ask them something for parents. Parents who know this have reached out to me, asked me a question. I said, let me get back to you. I just talked to so-and-so and asked them a question. So I'm here to help the parents navigate this the best for their children because it's about the kids and you want them to have the best time. Um, so at the end of that, when it seems like, oh, some of these kids might not have gotten awarded, um, which they should have been because of this school or this school or this coach or this coach and this club and this club. I think sometimes when there's a, um, I, I think there's been sometimes when clubs loyalty might've gotten in the way of another club loyalty of a kid playing one and you don't want to do that. It's not for me to point out, but it's been pointed out. This isn't a secret. Um, it doesn't make anyone look good. It makes us look small town. Um, and I know it happens everywhere, but I know it makes us look, it, it, it makes us look like, oh, there, there they go. That kid's an All-American. You got to remember, they all of a sudden say, oh, here's an All-American from the Midwest. Yeah, he, he doesn't play, he doesn't play uh, college lacrosse. I know, granted, not every kid wants to go play college lacrosse. But when you're picking All-Americans, they better be damn good. I mean, damn good. Uh, I've seen a team that had two All-Americans on their team in a Midwest. They, they voted for two All-Americans. You have two All-Americans on a team in the Midwest, odds are you're going to have a winning record. If you don't have a winning record with two All-Americans on your team, you're a bad coach. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> an All-American is an All-American. This isn't an All-State or an All-Conference. All-Americans. So when you start putting some other, some kids who have All-Americans and you're like, well, he's All-State. Or maybe he's second team all-state, but he's all-American. I, I would love to see it. I would, and again, this, it can't be fixed. I, I know there's, there's too much personal pride or, or animosity. I, I'm just bringing this to the light. I hope it could change. And I know this was already in the light because I know there was arguments about it in almost every state. Um, it's something that needs to change. It's unfair to some of the players. Again, I know life's not fair. It's unfair to some of the players who bust their ass to do it and then get screwed over because of adults. Someone putting a thumb on the scale for one of their kids. Uh, let's do better. Again, there are people now in the States, in the Midwest, okay? I cover the whole Midwest. I just like to be an overview and try to bring a spotlight to it and say, hey, look at these teams. For people in Indiana, they might not know these teams in Illinois. Or people in, in, in Minnesota, they might not have a clue who some of these Ohio teams are. Hopefully, if they're listening to me and they're following me, they get a better sense of what the Midwest is like. Um, but there are in each state, there are people who report, who, who do the same thing I do for their each state. I'm talking like John Losey, Lax Losey in Michigan. I mean, he's everywhere now. He's literally trying to get as much information out to people as possible. Uh, uh, Sinlac State, the Cincinnati, um, uh, I guess, you could, blogger? I, 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 I don't know what, media, Twitter. I, he does a great job for Cincinnati. The, Michigan's got three other guys that do all parts of Michigan. Uh, I don't know if anyone really does it in Illinois, which is shocking because it should, and there's, and there's an opportunity to do it. Uh, Austin Pemac does a does a uh, a podcast in in Minnesota. Um, Wisconsin lacks 
Wisconsin Lax, I think is it. They have a Twitter account. They talk about their state. So there are states, you know, um, uh, Ohio Boys Lacrosse, uh, you know, I, some of these names I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say because uh, they like to stay anonymous. But there are there are people who could be who, who could help out. Um, I would like to do something like where you ha- we have a Midwest sort of a Midwest group of of journalists, for a lack of a better word. I don't know what the hell I call myself. I'm just some guy who likes to watch lacrosse. But I can promise you this. I've seen more lacrosse games than anyone. I, I, I drive everywhere. I see them. I, I'm watching them. I promise I have. Um, and I've seen them from everywhere. I've seen kids here and here and here. And I've seen, I've seen teams that might be great in one state that, that wouldn't be in sixth grade, another in sixth place in another state. Uh, I don't ever want to call that out because it's not worth it. Cause why it doesn't make sense. Um, unless they were playing for a Midwest championship, which again, would love to see, would love to see how that can come together. Uh, I would love to see, but old St. Margaret play, play Loyola Academy. I think those two teams this year were probably the two best talent-wise. As far as if you want to go with D1 commits, I think they might have had the most, both of them. Uh, Brother Rice, of course, was right up there. Um, Brother Rice had some injuries. Uh, But again, every year, would I I love to see – again, I'd like to see Nutrier play everybody. I'd like to see Dublin Jerome play everyone with that style of play. Uh, I think that would be a handful. No one in the right mind should ever want to play HSE this year because they gave it to everybody. And, and that's after a year off and that's an Indiana team and they're only going to get better. And that's a great coach. Love to see that again. I'm all over the place. I know this is what I do. I sort of get lost in my thoughts. Um, uh, another thing that I saw just the, the all-star teams, the Nike all-stars and the Under Armour all-stars. Um, now, I understand Nike All-Stars, uh, most of the coaches, I believe, are resolute coaches. So a lot of Ohio kids who are resolute kids went to try out for that. Uh, I don't have an issue with that. Um, but I will tell you what go, what the rumor I keep hearing from everybody is, is, oh, if you're not on resolute, don't try out. You don't want that. That's what happened to Under Armour a couple of years ago when people were saying, oh, it's all true kids. Or it's all this team kid, this team kid. I'd like to see to get away from that. I would like every, I would like 500 kids to try out for Nike. I'd like 500 kids to try out for Under Armour. Just, I don't want, I don't want, you know, the same kids or, or I want the best kids. I don't care if all the, if 10 of the best kids were 10 resolute kids, you put them on. I remember last year for Under Armour, there were a lot of Juice Cherries kids. Um, and that was a complaint, a big complaint that I got. And I said, I watched the tryouts. I've seen every kid. I know every single kid on that team. I can tell you the top 50 kids. Maybe I miss a few. I did. I missed Matt Brenner. Matt Brenner was a kid I didn't know of last year. I saw him at the Under Armour tryouts. He plays for Libertyville High School. Uh, He's a senior this year. I think he's going to Jacksonville, D1. I saw him at the Under Armour tryouts last year, and my, my head exploded. He looked so great out there. He looked great. And I said, okay, I missed this kid. I missed him. Uh, and then I told every coach who was there, I said, you got to watch this kid. He made the team. But as far as uh, he played for true, I think, I think he was on true national. Um, but I sit, I sit and watched last year and I said, these are legit picks. As I said to some parents, there are some parents who will always complain. There are some parents who will always complain about their kid not making it. And as I've said to every kid, 
if I've said to parents, who do you think your kid should take the spot of? Um, I didn't think there was a, I didn't think there was a spot that from the kids who were tried out, I didn't think there was a spot that someone lost out on last year. Um, I thought there was spots that could have been flip-flopped. I think, you know, you could put them two together and say, oh, I'm picking one or the other. And okay, let's say, so there's a kid from Loyola who could have made the team last year. Uh, a kid from Michigan made the team. I didn't have a problem with it. They're both awesome. I didn't think there was one. I did, uh, uh, one was a Juice Cherries kid that made it. The other one wasn't. But the Loyola coach and the coach from Michigan were the both of the coaches. They made the pick. It might have made sense for the team. It's for the team. Um, and it's never going to be perfect. And it's going to be – but. I think the best thing for the Midwest is to make the, the both programs as strong as possible. Um, I also think we, uh, you need to, there needs to be some coordination with the, with the tryout dates and probably the travel programs because kids were flying in at four o'clock in the morning to get to the Under Armour kids for the Nike we're still playing in high school. Michigan kids were still playing. Illinois kids were still playing. So they couldn't make it. So there's another thing when they're saying, oh, this kid didn't make this. Did. Michigan and Illinois kids couldn't go. They were still playing. Um, so I think these things going forward, because I think building that and becoming a proud Nike All-Star or an Under Armour All-Star from the Midwest, it it makes younger kids look up to them and say, hey, look, I want to do that. And it strives and it builds and it builds um and it makes kids happy and emotional, and it, and it gives them something to strive for. And as even if I said, if you go there and try out, that's a win. Because you are going against the best in the region, for the most part. Uh, and that's putting yourself out there. And that's trying. And you might get your butt kicked, but then you know where you stand. And then you know what you have to do to get better. So I applaud every boy and every girl who went out there and tried out this year. Even if you didn't make it, even if you didn't make it and made the callback game, you made it. You've got that on your thing. You've got that on your resume. I made the callback. College coaches look at that and say, oh, look at that team. He was one of the guys that just almost made it. Let's take a look at him. You're also getting video at these things. These things are great to have. There's always going to be somebody who complains. But as a parent, I never thought it was an issue for, for sending my kid to these things. And if it costs too much money, again, I understand the finances are an issue. Um, I understand that. If the cost isn't an issue or you think, I think it's, I think, I think being on the Nike or the Under Armour is a better investment than maybe a, a, a tournament to the East Coast for on a travel team. Um, and so I'll, yeah, I'll go into that. I, I think what's going on right now in, in, in travel lacrosse for everyone is I think there's too many tournaments and they're too close together. Um, there's overuse injuries. There's kids who are just getting burnt out. I talked to one kid who couldn't make the tryout because he had 15 days in a row. And I said, 15 days in a row. I mean, I'm coming from a parent. This is a parent whose son almost had a ridiculous injury where he almost had a surgery that would have kept him off his feet for a year. And that was from overuse. 
And I look back at it and I say, I, I screwed up. Um, not all tournaments are the same. Figure out what you want for the tournament. I've also said to parents, I don't think being, I mean, I think if you're on a good team, you have connections with coaches and connections to college coaches, and that helps. I don't think every tournament's the same as just because it's out east doesn't mean it's good. There are tournaments here in the Midwest that'll get better views by coaches than out east. But, you know, we're all conditioned to think, oh, out east, out east, out east. They're not all the same. Um, I think this is something tournament or, or uh, club coaches are starting to look at too because it gets costly and it's getting more and more costly and there's inflation going on and there's gas prices are going up and food prices and, 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 and now again, restrictions and, and then prospect days because prospect days are going to be coming back uh, and camps. So I think there's too many tournaments that leaves kids with pr prone to injury. Um, again, I loved the tournaments as a parent. I loved driving there. It was the time that I had with my son for the last 10 years. I know a lot of parents feel that same way, that it's not about even the lacrosse. It's about the time you get to spend. And I applaud that. And I want everyone to have that. I just got a message from a guy last night who said he's at his last tournament with his son. And he's, and he's feeling like I was feeling last year. And I said, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Uh, it, it you know, that's when, the, when our kids are out of our house in four years or five years or a year with college or whatever, you're going to sit back and say, God, I, I'm glad I got to spend that time with them. So that's what I think the best part of the travel season is. Can't put a cost on it in my eyes. Some people can. I don't. I said, if it's worth it, it's worth it. Uh, and there's and there's options. There are options now. A couple of years ago, there were only a few teams. Now there's a lot of teams. So you can pick and choose if this team's going to travel a lot. Because then I think all of a sudden what's happening now is box which I think is the most important thing in the Midwest. I think box should be the biggest adopted thing in the Midwest. Uh, we should become like Canadians. I think they should, I, I've said this before, I think it should be that kid's a Midwest player. He's a box player. Uh, I think we have indoor facilities that are booming and growing all around the Midwest. I think box leagues can pop up. I love seeing the college box leagues. I love seeing the tournaments in the winter. I'd love to see that grow. Um, I'd love to see a summer box. I'd love to see one less. I'd like to see one less um, summer travel tournament out east and getting all the Midwest teams and just doing summer box league or a summer box tournament against them outdoors. Uh, so, you know, I've just thrown this out there. I mean, again, everyone needs to get their money. Everyone needs to work. I understand that. I don't have a problem with anyone making money. Um, I think sometimes maybe money becomes too much where I think you'll, in the long run could make more money if you make less now because you get you uh, engender goodwill where you don't seem like it's a money grab, money grab. I think you could only money grab for about one or two years. And then people start saying, wait, this is a money grab as opposed to, hey, I'm going to work with these kids and do this and there's a cost. And then you have these kids for four to five to six years. So I think in the long run, you could make more money without being money grab. Again, my two cents as a parent, but these are the things that I tell people, okay? So when I get calls from parents, and that's when I do get a lot of calls from parents, uh, they ask me about club programs, travel teams, or this, and I give them the advice I'm telling you now. Um, and I don't get any club call, club teams telling me, hey, can you promote us or do this? I have had club teams call me and say, can you promote a, a prospect day or a trial? Of course, I'll promote every club team. 
No one asks me. <laughs> people, for some reason, people think I'm against club teams. I'm not. I will help every single club team. You got a tryout? Tell me. Post me. Tweet about it and tag me. If you tag me on something, I'm most likely going to retweet it. If you don't tag me, I'm not going to retweet it. If that's what you want to get out. If you call me and ask me to do something, I want you to tweet me because you know what? I want you to let people know that you're talking to me. I don't like to be, oh, behind the scenes, this, and then, you know, you have no idea. I like everyone knowing that you talk to me. College coaches, same thing. I, it, it drives me a little nuts when I get college coaches calling me, but they don't follow me on Twitter or say anything on Twitter, but they're calling me asking about a player. So I know they're listening and I know they're watching. Um, so that brings me to the podcast and what I'm doing now. Uh, so I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I will say this when I was at the Under Armour and I was talking to all the parents there. Um, I had a blast and all these parents came up to me and saying, thanks for what you do. And we love what you do. And I, I drove home with a giant smile on my face because that's what I care about. I care about what the parents think, the kids think and when they're introducing me to their kids. And these are parents that I've talked to in messages or uh, just on Twitter or emails. And then to get to meet them by in person and talk to them. And everyone who's met me, they know I like talking. I'm not sitting there walking away. I really have a blast. It really makes me love it. And so if doing this podcast gets me in touch with these people, uh, with with my friends, these are they become like friends. Like I love watching their kids. I love talking to their kids. Uh, this makes me happy. This makes me do it. What I don't like is I get like a lot of pushback. I hear a lot of rumors about me. I hear people saying things about me, and I'm like, I don't know that person. So I've said to people, when you hear someone say, Mike Ward doesn't like this travel team, I want you to say to the person, who did you hear that from? You didn't hear it from Mike Ward, because I'll tell you what, if I don't like somebody, I'll say it. I don't think I have an issue with anybody. I want everyone to succeed, because if everyone succeeds, the sport succeeds and it grows. And I want to be able to watch this sport for the next 20 years of my life. Hopefully I've got that, Knockwood. Uh, I want my grandkids to play. I have enough, a nephew, two nephews who just moved down the block from me. They're two and six months. The six-month guy is my godson. They live in Carmel. I want them to play Carmel lacrosse when they're old enough. They're already going to get those sticks in their hands now. I'm giving them the Long Island treatment like my wife's used to. Like This is how it works. Um, so, hang on. I'm about to... Uh, I'm about to have to re add another recording. My time's almost running out. That means I'm really talking a lot. Um, so here, I'm going to just switch over right now. Okay, so I had to just stop that and do that again. Um, so like I said, I want to have my, my, my nephews come and play, and I want to play. I want the sport to grow. I want to help. I want to help the people who want help. I want to help the programs who are with the same that, that are going the same way. I'm not pulling against anybody. I don't know why I have high school coaches that have an issue with me that don't want me to come to their game. If you could point out any time where I've called somebody out, said something bad about anybody, it's not worth it. I don't sit there and talk about a team choking or a team blowing it. I talk about a team winning. 
I promote the players on those teams and that team because I enjoy them. I, I, I find it incredible that I don't get asked to come. At this point, I'm four years into this. If, if Ty Zander was here, and just to use an example, you'd all be begging to have the guy come here. But you know what? Ty Zander isn't here, and I like Ty. And I know what he does. And God, I know he gets a lot of grief. And I think he actually likes it and does it. But he's young. Ty's, Ty's young. And he's, a, and he's feisty. And, he's, and he wants to do this. He's young. I'm not. I'm just a dude. I'm not into the snarky and the arguing with people. It's not my thing. I just want to promote the game. But I want to promote the game at this point now. I want people to, to help me promote it. I want people to sit there and say, we want this guy here. We want to open. We want to. Lay out a red carpet. I don't want to call out any teams that have done bad, but I'll say this, Mason, Mason High School in Ohio. They call, come on out, watch our game. Hey, come on out. I, I was sitting in my car that I come out to the tailgate. You know, that's a great group. That's a great, that's a great thing. A, a lot of the Ohio players, a lot of, when I went to the St. X uh, Dublin Jerome game, both areas tailgating. Hey, one man right. You know, it's nice to see that, that, that you're welcome. You know, I can talk to the coaches. There's other places where coaches won't talk to me, which I find just odd. Or if they have a social media account, they don't tag me or even uh, acknowledge me, but like all their players do and all their parents do. And they tag, and I'm like, why wouldn't they do this? So this is part of the reason, like, it's getting to the point where like, is this worth it for me to do? Is it worth it? I, you know, why do I want to do it? Because I'll tell you, where this comes from. So again, this is the this is the hard part. So when the whole uh, mental illness thing happened, again, for those of you who don't listen or just might be listening for the first time, and if you're still listening at this point, God bless you. Um, I had a I had a young player who called me um, who said he was going to kill himself. Very, it's just rough. And it sort of sucked me into this world. And uh, I said to kids, call me, reach out to me. Don't do it. You're right. There's nothing. The world's a better place with you in it. Please, I'll do everything to help you out. Call whatever. And, and I got 200 calls. And it's, it's still actually going on. And I've still reached out to kids. And now I know that there's things in the movement. There are movements happening right now, which I, I'm so thankful for, and I don't want to blow the whistle or, or, or steal anyone's thunder. All I know is I'm going to help anyone who needs the help to do it. If they, if they want my podcast, they can have my podcast. If they want whatever, I'll help raise money. I'll help do everything. Uh, and that is coming, and I know that's coming because I've talked to people about this, and it's a good thing. So it was a big issue and it was very draining on me. And it got to the point where like, okay, this, this has become a life and death issue now. Um, which is sort of a, you know, I'm trying to talk about high school across the Midwest and, and now I'm dealing with mental illness and, 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 and kids taking their lives. And, and it happened. There's a few kids that it happened this year and it still haunts me and it haunts me. And I'm sure it haunts everybody who it's affected and just, thinking, God, what, what do we do to our kids with this pandemic and this keeping them away? And, and what are the, again, I, I, I've, I've done this before and I'm, you know, I'm sorry to keep bringing it up because it's not about lacrosse, but it is in a way. 
because here's what happened. So as I was getting calls from all these people and kids and parents and talking with them and, you know, whatever it was about, I started getting messages on Twitter um, telling me that uh, the blood of children will be on my hands. So I was getting DMs and then I was getting emails and I got it. It was like from 30 different people and it was constant. And then it got to my phone number. Uh, the blood of the hand, the blood of the children, any kid that kills himself. I was glorifying suicide. They said, and I'm, and, and I was floored. It, it absolutely floored. And I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I, I don't want to do it. It's not worth it. If people actually think that about me, you know, I, maybe I am, maybe this is wrong. Um, so I, so I shut down, I shut it all down because I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to have that, um, that responsibility to think that. Now I had since had, um, someone who knows investigating things, looking at all these calls, the phone calls and the emails or whatever. And it just seems to be like uh, maybe from three or four accounts, but they all have side accounts or whatever you want to call them, dummy accounts or, or what. So they're working on IP addresses and whatever to figure out who it might be or um, not sure what's going to happen. I mean, I have ideas what I want to do. Um, but then I, because, you know, I was starting to see the same thing, like the same verbiage and everything. I'm like, okay, well, and then I'm thinking, well, why would I, why, why would someone want to do this? Yeah. I know people are trolls. There's people who just like to go on and, and blow shit just for the sake of blowing shit. Uh, but when it comes to something like this, I was like, well, again, I've said, I've said it a couple times. I'm 52 years old. What do I, I don't need this. I'm retired. I do this for something to do in my retirement. I'm having a fun time. I love talking to the parents. I love talking to parents this weekend. The parents who I was talking to this weekend, you know I had a great time talking to you. I want to keep that doing. The parents who came up to me during the Under Armour, hey, when are you going back on? Hey, I sat there saying, this is what I want to do. So I, I have to weigh this. Um, so now here's my rule that I do on, on Twitter now. A, I have I have all the mentions blocked or whatever. So I don't see pretty much anything unless I'm searching for it. Like I have uh, notifications off and, and uh, so I don't see much. If I don't know who you are, I'm not responding to you. If I don't personally know your name, who you are, I won't respond. There are a lot of, you know, uh, people with names and things. They, they don't, they hide their identity. I can understand why you hide your identity. You better tell me your identity if you want to correspond with me. I talk with, just for example, uh, Lax Columbus. I think he's, I think he knows as much going on in Ohio as anyone. I mean, he has called me, told me scoops, if you will. Uh, I also know that people call me and say, you shouldn't listen to them. They don't like them. I get a kick out of him. I know he, I know he speaks, he speaks truth to power. Uh, 
he could be a shit stir. And you know what? Sometimes that's, he chooses to do that. He gets a lot of heat. He's, he likes to do that. That's not what I like to do. Um, but I know who that is. So when he calls me, we talk. Um, other guys, I know who they are. So I, I refer, so if you all of a sudden see me questioning, you know, people say, reaching out to me and I don't answer, A, I'm probably not seeing it, or B, I'm not answering because I'm not, I'm not getting into conversations with people who I don't know because that's what happened. I started answering tweets and DMs and stuff like that, and all of a sudden I'm killing kids, uh, if that makes sense and if you can understand that. So these are all the things that I go – that I, I, I struggle with. Um, do I want, like, do I want to do this? And I still don't know the answer to it. But after talking with all these parents recently and getting messages recently and going to all the games, um, I just wanted to put it out there to, I felt it was fair to people who were, who took the time out of their day to listen to me, Babylon. I'm literally walking around in my basement right now, just talking, um, that I felt I owed them an explanation. Um, again, I don't know where this is going to be. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know that there's things that I'd like to do. I know that I'd like to have like a whole Midwest coverage with all the people who cover it in the state, in each state and have like one sort of website and say, Hey, this is Mr. Michigan. This is Mr. Ohio. This is Mr. Illinois. This, And then I could be like the correspondent between all of them. And we could have segments every week about Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, whatever we had to do to get this go, to really build it up, to make it a big thing, to make our own, let's say, publication. I don't know if a publication is what I'm talking about, but to say, hey, here's our region. We're going to build our region. We don't care about the other regions. We're going to build our region together to be the best region. And I think it's going to take people like me who take the time out of their day to do this. John Losey, he takes a ton of time out of his day. He bakes the, I mean, I don't know how to do anything online or programming or he does. He goes to games and films them. You know, I'd love to be able to go to a game. He keeps talking about he wants to do a game of the week. And I'm not stealing his thunder. I'm just saying this is something that could happen. That there's going to be a game of the week and we go to the game and we televise it because the television, the, some of the games that are televised are terrible. Other ones are great. I love the schools that have the televised games with their kids, with, with the kids doing the announcing. St. Ignatius, great. York, York against Loyola, they had one kid in there, one kid in the booth. He handled the whole thing. It was great. It makes it all enjoyable. Silesium High School versus Culver. Kids were great. Yeah, they're, they're one-sided on this. St. X does it. I mean, there's some great, and it's, it's enjoyable. That's what I would like to promote and grow. Again. I don't like, I've always been a guy who likes to sort of be the guy behind the scenes. I'm sort of out in front right now because there was a, there was a need for it. I'd be more than happy to not be the face of it or the voice of it. I'd be more than happy to say, hey, this isn't about me. This is about the sport. And again, I'm sure this is going to piss people off that I say this. Like, who does this guy think he is? Well, this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm like, why do I want to put myself up there? Because if you're thinking right now, who does this guy think he is? You're the reason I don't want to do this. If you're getting upset with me saying, I think this team is going to win the state championship and I'm saying it in July and you're getting upset about it and you want to call me 
or send a message. That's why I don't want to do it. There are people who just enjoy it and have fun. It's, it's fun. I got kids come up to me, although they were wrong, um, who said, hey, love listening to your stuff, except you didn't think we were going to win, beat this team. And I go, no, I never said you weren't going to beat it. I said, this team could beat you if you weren't paying attention, if you weren't ready for it. It's like, oh. He's like, well, we used it as locker room talk anyway. I said, hey, whatever it takes, my man. You know, great. Uh, you know, and the kid, the fact that he had the – confidence to come. I mean, this is a 17 year old boy coming up and talking to me about this and we're walking off and talking and he's like, thanks for doing what you do. And, uh, you know, and told me about this game. I know exactly what the game it was and I know the teams and, and that he did this and I'm going, wow, this kid's got, he's going to go somewhere that he can talk to an adult just out of like, like having a normal conversation and saying, thank you for this. I go, this is, that's the thing I, I love. I love sitting there and saying to parents, wow, your kid is really confident. So, again, I, I know I'm rambling on because I, my brain just starts flying everywhere because I get uh, I get a little um, flustered about this. I'm sorry. Uh, because I, I still am just a little um, a little emotional. Uh, if Uh, so I'm just sitting there wondering what I want to do. Oh, there's my music. Um, uh, and seeing where we should, uh, oh my God. Sorry. Um, I'm just trying to put this song on that I really love. Where is it? Okay. And uh, so as of now, and you know what? There was also so many uh, coaches that are leaving and and there's going to be new coaches coming in that, are, you know, there's too much to talk about right now. I'm sorry that I rambled on for so long. I, I just, I actually just threw my, I just actually, uh, I actually threw myself off a little when talking about the mental health thing and the parents and, and people sort of harassing me. I apologize. I apologize for rambling. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to do the next one. There's, this is, this is, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and please be well. This is Michael Ward, one man ride.